0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Ichiraku Dwellers. We are a podcast that talks all things anime. My name is Dakota, and today I'm joined with Rustin. What's up? Josh.
1: What's up, guys? And Talon. Hey, y'all.
0: Heads up, there are a bunch of spoilers in this episode. I would advise you to go watch the anime we are going to be talking about today, Akame Kill. What were y'all's first impressions of tatsumi and night raid
2: i think the dungeon in the very first episode that was very telling of what this anime was going to throw us into and i just emotionally was not ready for that it only took me one episode to really get into this anime and actually enjoy it so i was really excited
0: the first dungeon seller scene really threw you for a loop for what we've reviewed on the past
2: It's crazy how early they were working on Tatsumi's backstory.
0: It it really jumped into Tatsumi really quick.
3: Yeah, they threw us into the deep end.
0: And shown what he was about real early. What about you, Rustin?
3: I didn't really get into it until, like, really towards the end.
0: That's fair. It's a very slow-starting anime. I, I say slow. The first episode was pretty intense, but by action wise it doesn't really pick up until the middle of the season what about you josh
1: getting into it i thought it was just gonna be another anime you know kind of lighthearted. nothing bad was gonna happen but yeah once we got to that dungeon point i'm like this is gonna be a whole different anime
0: but you're in a whole different perspective
2: yeah okay
0: favorite characters doesn't have to be from night raid
2: this one's hard because I want to say my favorite character was Seryu, as terrible as that might sound. It's just so many things came together with her character, and it was just crazy to see how like maniacal she became about justice, and maybe she was just using that as a ruse to be able to kill people. I really enjoyed seeing Koro, the imperial relic she was assigned, and I thought it was really cute how he only attached to her because she was so inclined to carry out justice so they had just formed an immediate bond and really it just showed throughout the whole anime how close they were
0: she she did play a very good antagonist like a side antagonist behind as she was definitely my
2: favorite jaeger
0: what about you rustin who's your favorite character
3: mine's a tie between balat and bulls I really like how they tied it with his family more than anything else. It's just really wholesome.
1: I agree with Rustin. Bowles is really good. And I think my favorite is Bula or is it Leon? Is that how you say your name? Leone. Yeah, Leone. Bula and Leone.
0: I knew you would like Leone.
2: Josh would love Leone, to be honest.
0: (laughs) So, episode two, three, four night raid go on these missions of being assassins taking on these people doing sketchy things and step back some in the gore but i feel like those first few episodes was just building who night raid is like mine she's the snobby stuck up little princess girl bulat the caring strong just big brother of the group you could say but uh all that gets cut short in episode six All that just goes right down the drain.
2: Yeah, Episode 6 was a banger of an episode, and it really killed me. It was tough seeing my favorite antagonist facing, who... I wouldn't say Sheila was my favorite Night Raid individual, but I really loved her character design. I'm just a fan of, like, very purpley individuals, as well as, you know, how nerdy she looked. I just thought she was adorable, and to see her fight, it was incredible.
0: I loved her Imperial arms. Those scissors that could just cut anything.
2: And the way she got Koro's like, head almost, not necessarily split in half, but she did, she did a pretty good wound on him.
0: She did. It was just an unfair match. Watching it for the second time, the shell death really hurt. The feelings were all there, all the same.
2: They dragged it out so long, too. It felt like they showed her dying for, like, three minutes, and I, it was just heart-wrenching.
3: I thought it was crazy that they did that that soon in the anime. Because it was just a few episodes. And she was a main character.
0: She was part of the main group, and they just snapped her out of the anime that quick. Insane. And then you go right into episode 8 with Bulot.
2: I thought it was awesome seeing Tatsumi actually bond with Incursio, the dragon danger beast relic. It, it just felt really nice to see it get passed down from Bulot to Tatsumi, since they obviously cared so much for each other. Bulat was like a mentor, basically a brother to Tatsumi. And to see him carry that Incursio felt like he was carrying a piece of Bulat throughout the entire rest of the series.
0: Yeah, I loved that Incursio got passed down. But the Bulat fight on the boat.
2: With the three beasts? God.
0: With the three beasts.
2: What was y'all's favorite of the three beasts? What do y'all think?
1: I like the old man mostly, but I like the... The other guy with the flute. guy with the flute was pretty cool.
2: Yeah, the kid with the flute
3: was my favorite. Mine was... I don't know. I'm trying to think of their name. I can't remember their name. It was the small one. It's the one with the flute.
2: I can't remember. I think it was like Niu or something like that. I know it started with an N.
0: I just know him as Flute Boy. It's
1: N-Y-A-U.
2: Yeah, it's... I don't know how to pronounce it.
0: It's pronounced Flute Boy. (laughs) yeah i think the old man his imperial arms was crazy like i don't know why it it just reminded me of avatar the airbender that man could just waterbend and then right after he waterbended guess what he can bloodbend now
2: it was cool seeing a lot of the people with elemental relics. Like, you could say, I believe his name was uh, Buto. Well, from, like, the very ending, he had control over, like, thunder, as well as, of course, as Death with her eyes powers. And then you could even say maybe Bols with his fire manipulation. I know it's technically from his flamethrower. Uh, it, it was just really cool to see parts of nature be incorporated into some of these relics.
0: Going into the relics, what was y'all's favorite Imperial arms? throughout the show
1: i think one of my favorites is the pink haired ladies is it mine or mine 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 really like hers hers seems
2: like kind of too op if she was
1: physically stronger probably
2: yeah pumpkin is a beast she doesn't even necessarily have to be physically strong to wield it because its power derives from how much danger she is in
0: so maybe she stays kind of puny on purpose I'd say, yeah, maybe her fragileness makes her put herself in more danger.
2: It makes her the perfect person to wield that relic. I was thinking of
1: it like a like a percentage of how she's hurt. So like if she's like near death, mine would probably take less damage to actually die than someone who'd actually be stronger.
0: Well, going back to the Koro fight, she didn't get injured at all for a little bit whenever she hit the big blast on Koro. It was just Korra was coming straight at her and was about to eat her, and that powered up her gun.
2: It was because I think Seiryu said something, or at least maybe mine thought something that triggered her emotional state. I can't remember if that was due to Tatsumi or if it was specifically due to her, you know, background as a orphan, someone who was judged for most of her life because of her descent. Because there, there was like she had to deal with a lot of racism when she was a kid because she had like Western in her blood and a lot of kids made fun of her for it. So I don't know if like those emotions like peaked up.
0: I don't think her being smaller affected her output with pumpkin.
2: I feel that.
1: That being said, Susano is the second best for me.
3: Mine was Lubbock with the danger beast hairs.
0: Ooh, the wires. Okay.
3: Those were really cool.
0: I loved how he could set traps and just set up a whole barrier around, and you really couldn't evade it. And he could just move them around at will. What was your favorite part of his Imperial Arms?
3: Probably the spear, because once you get hit with it, it would wrap itself around somebody's
0: heart. I love that. I, I love how he, he, as long as anything impels you, if a wire impels you, he can control it through your bloodstream to find your heart.
2: I think my favorite was actually Kurome's, her Yatsufusa, I believe is what it was called. The one where she could control puppets of individuals that she was able to take down in battle. It just, it feels like a very versatile weapon. Obviously, you're gonna have weaknesses because all of this power is getting drained from you to be able to maintain these puppets. But, I don't know, it's kind of like having your own little personal army that you can just conjure out of nowhere. I think it's really cool.
0: Her imperial arms was perfect for the giant group fight in the middle of the season. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand the whole why the beast didn't keep its form. Why was it a skeleton form?
2: I figured it's because she killed it as a skeleton. Obviously, there's a lot of magic in this universe. I wouldn't necessarily say it was dead just because it was a skeleton. There could have just been a lot of you know pent-up magic in it. There have been weirder danger beasts we've seen.
0: My favorite Imperial Arms is Muramasa, which is a Akame's, the one-strike blade. I love that no matter what, she could fight or anything like that. As long as it was flesh, she cut flesh, it would just spread a poison to instantly kill you. I will say instant, but a few seconds time. That's what made me think, her sisters, can it cut bone and just kill them? I figured it would have to be some type of flesh or something like that to inject or do something of that sort.
2: Yeah, so her relic basically works. So anytime she, like, kills something, it's able to be conjured up, but it can't physically evolve past when it was killed. So a lot of her, you know, puppets retain a lot of their memories as well as their emotions whenever they die. Say, Nadala, uh, since Nadala was one of Kurome's childhood friends, he actually retained some memories, some emotions that he felt toward Kurome. And I think that's part of why he maybe pushed her out of the way. So... Based on that, we know that the danger beast that she conjured up was how he appears now, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I, I could see that. I don't know, that that confused me. I thought the sword would have to be done by flesh. I thought it'd be like the same as Murmasa, where she'd have to make a cut or some sort, which activated
2: it. I'm sure there was some kind of flesh regarding that monster, maybe like, because some of these monsters have like cores, I believe. I'm sure she found the weakest point.
0: Yeah, so... The Imperial Arms system in this was very interesting to me. You had to have an emotional connection. It had to speak to you in some sorts of ways. And that if it didn't, if you weren't connected to this Imperial Arms, you weren't able to use it. So only a select few people could. Mm -hmm. And that's why the introduction to Susano. I loved how they made probably one of the strongest puppet Imperial Arms, I think is what they called them. I love how they made him such a goofy character with the OCD and how he has to have everything perfect. I'm with Josh on it. I love Susano as a Imperial Arms. I love how they didn't even see him as an Imperial Arms. They just seen him as another member of Night Raid. I also like how Esteth
2: saw him the same way. Uh, One of her last words to him
0: was that she would see him
2: as a warrior and not as a relic. And I think,
0: you know, I think that's really cool. So with the introduction of Susanna, we also got the introduction of Chelsea. What were y'all's first impressions of Chelsea?
1: I thought that Chelsea was, you know, people who've already died in the main cast. I thought she was going to be the next one, to be honest. All she really could do was, you know, cosmetic things. She isn't a like attacking person. And her personality, she's too cocky, basically. I didn't like her very much.
0: Well, I think her cockiness came from her past squad, which we learned later that she was on a mission. and She came back and they were all dead. So I think her cockiness was her trying to make herself seem bigger.
2: Yeah, it kind of like felt like she was trying to distance herself from everyone else. Yeah,
0: Uh, she was trying not to, you know, first
2: of all, get her emotions tied up because that's what gets you killed in this anime.
3: I really did not like her. She was an asshole because as soon as she showed up, like after The fight, at least. She started mocking the first two members' deaths. I just really, I did not sit with that well.
2: I will say people change, and finally she started to, you know, not distance herself as much. Uh, But obviously that got her killed, so like, you can only like her so much, I guess.
0: And what is up with every female, besides the boss in this anime, falling for Tatsumi?
3: Oh my god, I'm glad I'm not the only one who noticed that i feel like a lot of them
2: did maybe it's just because he had such a passion uh for what he was doing and he had such like he just wanted to do good and be good he's just got that innocent you know face
0: i don't know it just seemed like every woman that got introduced would just see tatsumi do one thing and just fall in love with it. i mean even Bulot. yes he was the big bro mentor but even he was flirting with Tatsumi. I, obviously, I don't think anything past, it would go past that, but... In the very beginning, I
2: really thought Tatsumi had a bit of a crush on him. Because he like thought about him in bed, and I was like, what? Come again?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It, it was so crazy to me how they just introduced someone. And an episode or two later, they're just like, oh my gosh, Tatsumi. He is the man of my dreams.
1: That just feels like a anime trope. That they kind of went overboard with.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I'd say they went overboard very well with it. And then, like Talon said, we got met with her, unfortunate. But before that, we'll go with Bowles. Her and Bowles' interaction.
1: No.
2: Yeah, Chelsea killing Bowles, that was fucking cold. I was not expecting that. To see her, like, shapeshift into a child that he murdered, it, it just felt so like the circle of life, you know what I mean? Like, it came back to haunt him, of course. Was it a child he murdered I thought it was her and like whenever she was young? No, uh, it's she specifically stated that she shapeshifted as a child that he himself incinerated in one of the towns that he was sent to take out.
0: Yeah, her imperial arms works almost like the executioners where she can kind of see, not really see into their past, but like she can
2: pick up on little details.
0: Yeah. And that's when she was like, whenever she stabbed him, she said that he would not remember her face because of all the countless villages that he burned down for no reason, other than he was just told to.
2: What'd y'all think about her trying to kill Kurome?
1: I knew it obviously wouldn't work because Kurome has such a vendetta against Akame that needed to play out a little bit longer. So I was just
2: waiting for the inevitable, basically. You're so smart. I didn't even see it coming.
0: How about you, Rustin? Did you see it coming?
3: Whenever she got her right in the back of the neck with like the little... I don't know what it's called. Like a needle? Yeah, like the needle or sewing needle. I really thought that she was going to die right there.
0: I also... Whenever I seen her stab her and she fall, I was like... I kind of felt not fulfilled because at that point, I was like... I really wanted an Akame in her fight. Because that's what they've been hinting at throughout the whole anime. And though to see her drop after she got stabbed, she deserved the better at that point When my first watch.
2: He looked insane when she got back up and she took back her sword and started chasing Chelsea. That shit scared me. Just to see how like shadowy and emo she got was not a fan.
0: Besides Shell, I think Chelsea's death was the most it hit me. Just to see her in the open field of flowers and the dude came and chopped her arm off and then she got shot in the back. And she just had to lay there and watch the sword guy just decapitate her.
2: It was depressing. Uh, especially since the flowers were a callback to when she killed the Viceroy in her village. It was like the same place where she had killed someone. So like her dying there felt sentimental.
0: Yeah, it. I don't think there was ever a death in the show that didn't make you feel some type of way.
2: Something that I liked uh, that actually got incorporated in mine's character design. She adopted chelsea's headbands did y'all see that she put it in her pigtails
3: i
0: did
2: not i did i noticed it the first like interaction that she had with tatsumi after that i was like oh my god because mine and chelsea had such a like big sister little sister um relationship and it felt like mine didn't like her but obviously she liked her a little bit to like commemorate her i, I just thought it was really touching
0: that's kind of like their boss whenever lubbock died Oh, yes, how she kept the goggles. She kept his goggles in remembrance. I think she was just so caught up in the war, like Esdeth was. Like, her and Esdeth were just polar opposites.
2: Yeah, there was a cute moment when Esdeth was actually taking notes from Bols, because Bols had such a beautiful wife and child. I thought that was really adorable, to see such a strong character mellow out for a moment.
0: So, let's go into the, whenever... Esdeath and Tatsumi went onto the island and they got teleported away, which come to later find out was the minister's son when he was causing havoc with all those beasts that he was making from the weird scientist guy. I don't remember his name. Dr. Stylish? Dr. Stylish, yes. Uh, whenever they were on the island, it seemed like Tatsumi was starting to grow closer with Esdeath a little bit. Whenever they were leaving, he was kind of hesitant on leaving without her because they had done everything on. They had stayed together on that island together. I don't know. I felt like maybe just maybe as Death would have switched when I first watched it. Like, obviously, it wouldn't have been good for the show because Asdeath needed to be the final antagonist.
2: I, I think I disagree with you on that. She looks at people as... You know, pigs and cows. She doesn't see them as people. She has something off in her brain that she may just be like a sociopath or like a psychopath where she can't feel empathy. That doesn't lead to a normal life. She's always going to have some issues with her, even as she gets older. So I don't know. I don't think she would have been able to change her ideals. She had been going for 20 plus years how she was living. She wasn't going to change for Tatsumi.
0: Everybody else had changed as soon as they started being with Tatsumi more.
2: You know, that is fair. Fair enough.
0: You know, like, Bulat changed. He got more. They were already close, but Bulat, he took the big role of Tatsumi when he got closer and he seen it. He needed a male figure.
2: Maybe if Tatsumi hadn't pushed her away so much, like, he would only push her away. So, like, she never had a chance to learn more from him. She just had this idea of him. She was only infatuated by his presence. She didn't really come to know and love the true Tatsumi.
0: Yeah, I felt like if Tatsumi would have put more effort into getting closer to her, there would have been a higher probability of her maybe not joining their side, but not continuing the war.
2: She loves battling, though. So maybe maybe she would stop that war just to start another one, you know, because I remember like at the very end, she was like, yeah, I just love to battle and she doesn't want to stop fighting. Well, like whenever she was fighting Akame. I don't know. If she were to finish, like, stop this war, she would probably just go looking for a war elsewhere.
0: But I thought she was done. She did say she'd love war.
2: I think she wanted love. She didn't want to settle down, though. She just wanted love. I don't know if she had, like, a skewed perception of what love looks like in her eyes, you know? Because she didn't necessarily want to give up such a big part of her, which is, like, fighting just for someone.
0: I see what you're going with there, yeah. I loved how this anime portrayed war like it was a uh, like it was a civil war. It wasn't like a war between nations or anything like that. It was just the kingdom being so corrupt, which we've seen in our past government and stuff like that. I like how they portrayed what could have possibly been a real life thing in history.
2: It was a big issue and I'm glad they tackled it so well. I think they did exceptional when it comes to that.
0: Which I don't know how y'all felt about Honest, but I hated Honest. He can suck a dick. Is Honest the Prime Minister? Yes, he is. Oh, okay. Yeah, I hated how he was always in that kid's ear. Yeah, the
2: kid didn't know better. It's it's just a shame that he lost his parents so that he had to rely on the next close like next best thing.
3: Exactly. Do you guys think that the Prime Minister killed his parents?
2: Oh, yeah, I think that was actually implied in one of the later episodes, like way later on. I can't remember the exact moment, but something came up and he was like talking about the tragic incident. And he like looked a little strange with his like facial expressions. So, yeah, I think there's definitely potential there.
0: I could definitely see it just with how corrupt he was, because he was the whole reason that the country was the way it was. So I felt like he would do anything get power, but not have the blood on his hands.
2: What'd y'all think of the Prime Minister Honest taking out Lionel from uh, Leone? That was kind of sad. Oh, I bet it was sad for you, Josh.
1: (laughs) But but at least Leone got in those last couple hits.
2: Yeah, she pulverized him. That was insane. He wasn't the same after that. It hurt me to see her, like, have that coat on in the next scene, talking to Akame, and then just, like, dip. And then just die in an alley. I felt, I don't even know how I felt. It just was not good. Yeah.
0: It's going to sound bad, but obviously I don't think she should have died. I didn't see no need for her to die. But I like where she died. She died where she came from.
2: Yeah, I got that.
0: She died where she first met Tatsumi.
1: If she needed to die, it was a good place.
0: Exactly.
2: But she didn't need to.
0: She definitely did not need to. The war was over. I see no need for it.
2: Yeah, talking about death, what was like the death that hit you guys the hardest?
3: Bulat. I think that's the only one that got me.
0: What about Bulat made you? Did it hit?
3: He was just such a lovable character up until that point.
0: I hated that death only because he had to be killed by the man that he looked up to so long. And to see the man that he looked up to turn from what he used to be I think is what made that death hit a little bit harder.
1: He won that fight. It wasn't fair.
0: What about you, Josh? What was your hardest death?
1: We already know what I'm going to say. It was Leone. It didn't, it didn't have to happen. Bulat's the next, though. And is it Bowles? Bowles the third.
0: Mine was definitely Shell. I was talking to Talon, and I told him, I was like, hey, the second time watching it does not make it any easier. I seen it coming, and it still hit me just as hard. I hated that they gave us such a cute moment before this big scene with her bonding with mine, her becoming so close with Tatsumi, seeing her backstory of her saving her best friend but then her best friend just not ever talking to her again. I just felt like Shell never got the full support of the writer.
2: It was terrible seeing her Imperial Relic actually get taken by the Empire and used against the Night Raid crew again. And it was, it was awesome to see, you know, Tatsumi and mine recover it, of course.
0: That get back was amazing. What about you, Talon? What was your hardest death?
2: Mine had to be mine. Uh, I honestly didn't, like, care for her character too much in the beginning. I think I started paying attention to her when she, uh, when Chelsea died, and she started wearing the headbands, and I was like, oh, she cares in her heart somewhere! But just to see her, like, go against, I believe it was, uh, Seryu first, almost die there, and then immediately go after Buto after, uh, Tatsumi got, like, kidnapped by the Empire. It was just, it was terrible, because she was supposed to win that fight! She should have won, but she only died because she, like, put too much power into Pumpkin, her relic. It was already overheating. She probably shouldn't have used it again. She destroyed the relic, and technically destroyed her life in the process. And then to see Tatsumi, in Incursio's armor, holding mine, after he caught her from falling. And just to, just to have her be like, put me down. Put me down. As they're running away. I, I'm pretty sure I started crying on that moment. Like, who knew mine would be the one that I, I love the most in this, in this series? It's just, it's insane.
0: That's what I hate so much about the anime compared to the manga. We don't really bring in the manga in our anime so far. But in the manga, Talon, I don't, I don't know if you read it or not. What happens? So, mine survives. Mine ends up living. She's basically in a coma for majority of the rest of the manga after. Mm-hmm. But she wakes up towards the end of it and she is pregnant with Tatsumi's child.
2: Wow. Whoa! <laughs> At least she has a happy ending somewhere. Just this one, they did her
0: so dirty. They did do her so dirty. And that's why I love the manga. They, there's not as much death in there and you get to see past what the characters become after the war.
2: I'm literally tearing up right now just thinking about it.
0: I hated it that that's what it took for them to say, confess their feelings towards each other.
1: Oh, and they kissed? I couldn't. Oh, did Leone live in the manga?
0: Uh, I do believe Leone lived. <sighs> so, one we of our favorite characters, I'm pretty sure somebody said earlier, who was your favorite Jaeger? I already know Rustin and them are probably going to say Bowles. Take out Bowles. If we take
1: out Bowls, I'm going to have to say Wave. Wave was just... He was like the... He should have been the main character, basically. He was really cool. He,
0: he was the Tatsumi of the group. What, what was the problem with Tatsumi being the main character? He was the one that brought everybody together.
1: I just liked Wave more, I guess.
0: Well, we all love Wave, but why did he need to be the main character?
1: Because... He was a cool fisherman, and I like fisherman-men. I really liked his intro. Him just bringing in a sack full of fish and opening up the door, and you just see bowls.
2: He's like, oh, sorry, wrong room. That part was so silly, how we just like saw him and then just was like, ah, and then closed the door. And then he had to open it again. That's so awkward. I would die.
0: Who was your favorite Rustin?
3: This is probably really predictable. Probably Koro, the little dog
0: we're always with the dog
3: <laughs> the little dog if i could have any of them probably a the little dog
0: i mean when he went rage mode he was pretty unstoppable i would definitely have to say mine would be run i loved how he went from as right hand man to noticing how corrupt the capital was and he changed his mindset to let's help the people when him and wave are helping people evacuate It was also cute to see Run and
2: Leone working together, like right after they had just finished fighting, or at least been interrupted,
0: you know? Exactly. Like, Run was such a... His character development in such a short amount of time was what led me to liking him the most out of the Jaegers.
2: Talking about the Jaegers, what did y'all think about Kurome
0: drugging herself with her snacks?
2: She needed them to stay alive, no? I'm pretty sure she did. Like she was always snacking and I thought it was just like an Akame reference since she was like really into eating meat, you know, but there was actually a purpose to those snacks and it was like that specific like cake thing. And that was just to keep her was it to keep her alive? Was it just to make her stronger? I think it was to keep her alive because
1: she was
0: dying later on. I was about to say whenever Chelsea was chasing her. She had to stop and eat the snacks to regain herself, her energy and strength and stuff like that. So maybe she had outputted too much of her life right then, and the snacks built it back up, I guess. I don't know. I was with you. I always thought it was an Akame reference. I thought the sisters just loved eating. What would we think of the ending? The Akame versus Asdeath.
3: I really liked it. It was pretty cool. Just the fight scenes and everything. I just really loved it. I really liked that
1: fight scene because Akame used her eye powers. You know, every cool person has eye powers. I didn't really expect her to win the fight, but I really
2: liked how it looked. Well, I thought it was strange that Najenda wasn't the one fighting as death in the end. I really figured like they were shown together so many times you would have thought they were the ones that were going to fight each other. Akame and Kurame, those were the ones I thought were going to fight each other. Obviously they did. Going back to this fight, uh, something else that I liked was when Akame cut herself with her own sword. That shit was wild. I didn't know what was going to happen. Of course she has this bond with her sword, she threw it at that one demon guy, and he, it didn't agree with him. So obviously she has this compatibility, maybe to even control, and get stronger through having it in her system. Something that Esteth said it was that she was casting away her humanity. So maybe it kind of like shows that there's kind of like a bond between Esdeath and Akame just in general. Because Esdeath had to do the same thing when she was drinking the extract of that danger beast to get her ice powers. Akame practically did the same thing with her relic.
0: What do you think about it? It hit me so hard right before that fight. Whenever Tatsumi was fighting the giant robot and he stopped it from destroying the whole city. And it gave you that Spider-Man stopping the train vibe. And after it was all done, he stopped and looked at Akame and said he couldn't keep his promise.
2: That he made an episode two. That is, ugh, it's just crazy.
0: I loved how they brought that back. How Akame just, she never broke down in front of anybody, but she had so much trust and believed in this promise that Tatsumi gave her.
2: Yeah, the only other time I saw her break down was when she was ugly crying into Tatsumi's chest after she killed her little sister.
0: So maybe she just,
2: she has this way about her of not letting her emotional state controlling her. She's able to, like, regulate her emotions.
0: But she can't help herself around Tatsumi. Like, Tatsumi's just her comfort, I guess you could say, as a friend.
2: He just has that vibe.
0: And what did y'all think about, I'm gonna give this one to Josh first, what did y'all think about Esdet's after she had gotten cut by a Kame, going up to Tatsumi.
1: So you were saying that Tatsumi lives in the manga, but in the anime, she just walked up to Tatsumi and just explodes herself, I guess. I don't know what happened. I didn't like it, because Tatsumi's the main character and she
0: just popped him. Do you have the same feelings, Reston or
2: Yeah. What a bitch.
0: I I hated, hated, hated how they gave us this masterpiece of an anime for 23 episodes and a half. And Tatsumi doesn't even get to be with mine, doesn't get to be buried with mine, doesn't get to be with the group, doesn't get to get buried with the group. She just takes him for herself. She was so greedy.
2: It's a fantastic ending for Esdeath, I will say that.
0: But a terrible ending for us. Why did they have to do that to Tatsumi?
2: They did so many characters wrong in this, uh, this series.
0: I can't stand the ending to this anime. I loved it all the way through until the ending. The ending made me so upset by just esdeath getting her way at the very end.
2: I mean, we knew how strong Asdeath was, so are we really surprised, you know? Especially with Akame being the only one facing her, like, why, where was everybody else? I mean, I know everybody else really only consists of Nagenda, because she's the only other one that survives, but still.
0: I don't know, I, I hated the ending to this anime, I did. It was not fulfilling to me for what I was expecting.
2: I will say going away from this one fight, there was a moment where it panned over to Bolsa's wife and daughter helping feed people when the war ended. I thought that was a really clever way of, you know, calling back to this character that you would, would have thought wouldn't want to help people. Obviously, he cooked meals and that was like his thing. He really wanted to care for people, but you wouldn't have thought he would do that for the revolution.
0: Yeah, Bowls, I loved how they portrayed Bowles on the wrong side. But as a human being, he knew what he was doing was wrong, but there was always a brighter side to him. I felt like they did the Jaeger side people way better than they did Night Raid, the main group of the anime.
2: More Jaeger survived than Night Raiders, which makes zero sense. I believe it was two out of six Jaegers. I guess you could say seven since Esteph died, but only two of what, like 12, maybe 10 Night Raiders? That's crazy.
0: Yeah, it was 10. Yeah, I, I don't know. That ending will never sit right with me.
2: I personally enjoyed it. I, I realized while watching this anime that I love emotional stuff that gets me in the feels. And this one surely did. It's definitely in my top like
3: three animes that I've watched so far in my life. Did you guys actually know that there was supposed to be a sequel to this? I did not. It ran for a little bit. They did a little bit of manga for it, but it didn't sell really well. So they just completely canceled it.
0: Do you know what the name of it was?
3: Yeah, I just sent it in chat. I didn't know how to say it.
0: Hinawa Gayuku. Hinawa I'm going to have to look that up. That sounds amazing. It's all because of
3: the ending of the uh, end credit scene.
0: What did y'all think of the end credit scene? The Akame standing in this desert in front of seven people who looked like they had imperial arms... But I'm pretty sure that they had said that she was going to another country.
2: I know I read in the manga that there was like another, I I don't want to say empire because it may not have been an empire. But it was like another government, you know, party that was successful in making relics, but they were not as strong as the ones that are portrayed in this anime. Um, This empire's relics are called Taigu, I believe. Uh, these are not the only relics. These are just the only relics in this Empire I'm sure other empires were able to try to create their own whether they're stronger or not That's up for debate. I do have one other question. We talked about the best Relics that we thought what are like the worst relic that you like saw in the anime.
3: I Didn't really like Bolse's. I liked him as a character. I just didn't really like his imperial
0: arms. It was very lackluster compared to everybody else's. Especially compared to
2: mine. Like, mine had a gun. Obviously, guns are not always magical, but hers was practically OP given what her hidden ability was. It just felt like Bulls had a flamethrower that could explode if necessary.
0: What was your least favorite talent?
2: I don't know. I didn't really like the, the Thunder God one. Adriel Malik, the one that was, uh, you know, used by Budo, obviously it was powerful, considering the commander-in-chief of the Imperial Army was utilizing it. Maybe it was just because he was extremely strong, not necessarily just physically, but he was able to, like, utilize certain techniques that really brought out how good that relic was supposed to be, was designed to be. I don't know, it just felt kind of boring seeing just thunder rain around, you know, it just felt like a Zeus reference
0: i have a completely different opinion on that i love that imperial arms that the fact that he can control lightning is just so fascinating i don't know maybe i'm just not storm
2: god material
0: <laughs> uh my least favorite would have to be the castle the just the giant robot the one that emperor used yeah gotcha it felt just so lackluster for an ending type imperial arms
2: yeah it just shot things that's all it really did. It was big. It could hit hard. It would. It had good defense. That's about it.
0: Yeah, there was no special attributes to it. It was just a giant walking machine.
2: It was weird seeing how some relics had hidden abilities and some didn't. Like, I think the most impressive one that I noticed was Estes 1, where she could freeze space and time. And she actually learned that herself. That's what I think is crazy. I guess with enough time and practice with your relic you're probably going to find something new or something that was like lost to history i don't know i think it's really cool seeing how they can manipulate their relics in different ways depending on how their you know fighting styles are
0: i didn't even think about that i may have to switch my favorite imperial arms what would you switch it to as deaths i completely forgot her freeze time trump guard.
2: mm-hmm she had two others in the uh, the manga as well. Uh, one of them was where she could basically cause a natural disaster, and she would—I believe it was over like a large amount of the empire. She basically caused a winter, and she killed thousands. And like the empire realized that she's. Practically just a natural disaster walking on two legs with consciousness, which is insane that she has that much like ability over her, or at least intelligence over her technique, that she's able to just completely obliterate towns with ice.
0: Yep, we're switching it. It's definitely as does.
2: I don't like the process to which you have to, you know, obtain the power. I think I would be one of the ones that went insane. I don't have that much like strong of a willpower to just cast away my humanity. It's just, it's really cool how maybe some of these other relics had secret moves as well. I think I could have drank it.
0: You were you not drinking that.
2: You would have gotten a bellyache, don't lie.
1: You would have <laughs> threw up. Yeah, what happens if you drank it and then just throw, threw it back up? Is it going to still be
2: in you?
0: You can't. you die if you can't handle it.
2: Do you die? I thought, I thought you just went insane. You, you got a tummy ache. Yeah, just take a tum. You're fine.
0: I'm pretty sure that they said that they if, like, if you drank it and you, you go insane, that you just can't handle it and just, just die. die
3: yeah <laughs> you just die you just snap you're god
0: yeah i'm pretty sure
3: oh well can i just ask you guys a question real quick <laughs> yeah What's what it? serio how the fuck can she pull the trigger on that gun that's in her mouth Ooh, i don't
2: know i mean i would assume like she went through surgery by dr stylish and his you know whole thing was where he could like move really fast with his hand so he could do a bunch of work and like seconds or milliseconds so maybe he like connected something to something to where like what if she like winked she could like pull the trigger or what if she like touched her tongue to the roof of her mouth i don't know how she does it i'm sure there is some kind of trigger that he thought about and utilized you know what i mean
1: well then how did she shoot with the ones in her arms
0: she bent her elbows (laughs) and messed up the trigger
1: she didn't have
2: elbows it was so sad seeing her cuddling up to Koro when she passed. I, I felt so bad for Koro, because obviously he's not a living... No, he is living. I remember them calling them living relics. He is alive, and he's a dog. How could you... Like, tell the dog to run away. Like, obviously the dog's hurt, but still run, please. Don't just lay You him. have no legs. Oh, just <laughs> roll. Roll away, Koro. I guess technically it makes sense considering, like, if you think about it in real life, dogs, like, sit on their owner's graves whenever they pass. Yeah. It's just so sad. I did not need a, an animal death in this.
0: I loved anytime that she would go anywhere before the big shit was happening. I love anytime she would run away or anything like that. Cora was just, she was just dragging Cora oh with her. Oh, my God, yes.
2: I remember. <laughs> he was that. just
0: sitting there with a blank face.
2: The blank face was just it just made me love him even more. He just looked like, you know, that meme with a bean and the bean has no face, but you can tell exactly what it's like thinking. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's (laughs) Koro.
0: And that wraps up your weekly digest of Ichiraku Dwellers. This was a little bit of a touchy subject anime than what we've covered in the past. But you could tell that we enjoyed it just as much. We're excited for y'all. To see next week and see what we have coming up in the future i know we got a spooky little episode coming out here soon covered by rustin i'm so excited and this has been our views of Akame comic kill thanks rustin josh and talon and we're excited to see where this takes us bye bye
1: peace bye see you guys later